Hilary Joffe joins me now, editor at large at Business Day and a very well-informed commentator on many matters, including ESCOM. Fascinating column from her today around a post-budget discussion she had with Edward Kieswetter. Yes, him, head of SARS, taxman. What on earth has he got to do with ESCOM? Well, it turns out quite a lot. And what he had to say was, I found, very, very interesting. Hilary, a very good afternoon to you. Afternoon, Mike. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm delighted to chat to you. Yeah, Edward Keyswear, to the first point you make, it's not out of his lane, uh, our head of SARS, who's doing a very good job restoring that institution uh, to a degree of credibility. Uh, why is he qualified to talk about ESCOM? Uh, Ed Keyswear used to be a power station manager. Uh, Matler Power Station was one of his stations that he managed back in the, in the 90s. Um, and ESCOM people... Uh, remember him with with some respect so he's regarded as an old Eskom person before he went into financial services and subsequently uh, the revenue service so so he does speak as a former Eskom person from the days when they were winning you know global plaudits uh, but he also uh, along with some other old Eskom people is on this one of the work streams I think he leads one of the work streams in this President's National Energy Crisis um, Committee, is it? Yeah. Uh, where, where, where they have loads of people sort of advising them and, and uh, doing work on how to fix ESCOM. And what I liked about his perspective was he was observing what De Reuter did as CEO of ESCOM from the perspective of a power station manager or from the perspective of an ESCOM employee, which is something we don't hear much about. Yeah, I think what was important about uh, what the commissioner said was he, he's arguing against a sort of binary view, as he called it, actually, where either Eskom is right or government is, you know, either Mr. Director is right, that it's all crime and corruption, or the people who are now blaming Mr. Director are right, that it's all his fault. Um, and and the commissioner is saying this is just, this is not getting us anywhere, and it's not as binary as that. And both sides bear some culpability. Uh, but in particular, I think the, the point that he makes is that the narrative um, at ESCOM under Dereta from the leadership was these coal-fired power stations are old, they are kind of, uh, they cannot be fixed, and they are, um, and, and, and he is saying that this is incredibly demotivating for the power station managers who manage those power stations. If your uh, power station is now so old that it cannot be expected to perform properly, then no wonder you're not going to drag yourself out of bed at two o'clock on a winter morning to go and look inside the boiler. And I think that sort of um, that social sense of Eskom is really quite an important one that he brings. I couldn't agree more. I, I found it quite revelatory in terms of when you're dealing with the problem and you are framing it entirely as corruption and crime and an issue like that, the people who actually matter are operational and you're not focusing on them and making them do their job better and motivating them well. I, I found that as a quite an interesting management uh, insight uh, on, on any level. I think that is quite important, Matt, because I think there is... I did actually write a column last week about about um, uh, Mr. Dorator's interview and why it was so important to that he be heard on the subject of crime and corruption and these criminal syndicates and the way in which they are hijacking our infrastructure, not only at Eskom but at Transnet, and eroding the economy, and that that needs to be heard. But I think what uh, Ed Kiesvet is, is, is saying is that, to, that that is not a 
entire explanation of why Eskom's power stations are performing so unbelievably poorly. Um, and that has got to do with what's going on inside those power stations, not just corruption and crime, but sort of quite low levels of morale, uh, very poor. What, he's, he's saying that that we need to look at as well. Does this reflect on the fact that De Reuter wasn't an engineer and wasn't anyone with any experience at uh, power transmission issues? I've talked about this a lot before and had my head bitten off by the listeners saying, you know, you don't have to be an engineer to run an engineering organisation. It doesn't matter as long as you're credible and conscientious and you follow management disciplines. I accept that to a degree. However, when I read this, I realise if you're not someone with considerable experience, you're going to find it hard to get buy-in from that power station manager who knows what it's really like. Is that a fair comment? I agree with your critics, Mike, actually. I come from a family of engineers, and some of them are brilliant engineers, but I wouldn't want to put them in charge of anything, really. They are engineers. So there's no guarantee that an engineer knows how to run a very large organization, very technically complex organization with several businesses, if you like, inside it, like an ESCOM or a Transnet. Um, I do think that what they need is a chief executive with a proven track record of turning around large, technically complex uh, organizations in a sort of very difficult environment like this one. Um, and they do need to ideally understand, you know, what, what, is, what are the kind of key drivers of, 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 of a power utility like Eskom. Um, Eskom has had pretty decent chief executives who were nuclear physicists, for example, not engineers. So I don't think it has to be an engineer as such, but I certainly think that track record in, in, in these very large, technically complex organizations okay. is I, an I, absolute essential. I absolutely take your point. It doesn't have to be an engineer, but if you, if, if you haven't done this before or something like it, the troops are going to find it hard to buy into what you say. And you are going to spend an inordinate amount of time learning the reality of their lives. And if you don't know the reality of their lives, and that's what Kieswet is saying, if you don't understand the reality of life of a power station manager and do your best to motivate that person, you can tackle everything else. It just isn't going to work. Absolutely. I mean, you do need someone who's going to know, who's going to be able to ask the right questions. They don't need to be able to run a power station themselves, but they need to ask the right questions and know what kind of uh, performance uh, standards you're looking for, what you can expect and what you can't expect and when things are clearly going wrong. But uh, so I absolutely do agree with you. And I think as we go forward to the next Eskim chief exec, I suppose why um, uh, Edward Kieswitz's words matter is that, it, you know, what, what kind of person are we going to look mm. for? Do we need a policeman, which is what we basically do need if it's all crime and corruption, or do we need someone who really knows how to turn this organization around? But having said that, as I said in my column, nobody can manage Eskom. I mean, it is so politically fraught. It is so important to the country. It has so much interference from all levels of government that it, it, it doesn't even have the sort of really power over its own decision-making or its own resources. So you can understand why nobody really good would want to take that job. Obvious person for the job seems to be Edward Kieswetter. What did he say when you, <laughs> when you asked him about that? He's turned it down already, apparently. I know, he says so. I can't say I blame him, but he seems like the kind of guy you need. He's got power station management. He's turned, well, he's helped to turn around SARS. He seems to be comfortable at that level of, of government. He does sound like the ideal person. 
aren't we caught in a bit of a catch-22? Anyone who really understands Eskim is going to understand enough to know that this is jo- not a, that this is a really, as it were, poison chalice. That, yeah. that this is a, an impossible job given the political interference and the and the kind of competing objectives that we as a country, if you like, have for Eskim. What's that famous Groucho Marx quote? I refuse to join any club that will have me as a member. It's that kind of bind that we're in. Hilary Joffe, thank you very much indeed. Editor-at-Large of Business Day. Good column today. Check it out uh, on the subject of Edward Kieswetter and ESCOM.